Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm John Jansen. And today on a Run to Daylight edition of This Week in Pro Football. At 2-5, and five, the Eagles and Nick Sirianni made a fateful decision. Run the damn ball. Having clinched the playoff spot, I guess we can conclude it worked. There are, though, still some spots to fill this week, including a play-in game in the AFC West. And we'll find out where the birds are headed in the playoffs. Time for the annual play him or don't play him debate. AB runs the daylight from the Bucks, And who that say they're going to beat them Bengals? A stick tap to Mike Tomlin. We'll review our horroring fantasy season. And the pick segment is headed to the house right now on This Week in Pro Football. Get ready, Philly. It's This Week in Pro Football, the hardest-hitting pro football show on radio as they debate the big gridiron issues of the week, including the hometown birds. Talk fantasy football with Tony and track Pat's record against the spread in the dreaded pick segment. It's This Week in Pro Football, old school and straight up, and it starts right now. On Fox Sports, The Gambler. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to week 18 of this week in pro football. Here that still on, sound weird to say? Uh, it does, really. On Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, the Radio app. Live from the uh, outside the sports book here at the Parks Casino in Ben Salem, PA. Pat Callahan here, joined by the two millennials. John Jansen, good morning, John. Good morning, Pat Callen. And Kyle Nunnamaker. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. I'm surprised I didn't get called a Gen Z today. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are. I know. You're not what I am. I know that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so that's that. But anyway, uh, it's great to have you guys with me as usual here as we rumble through the National Football League on the last regular season week of the season, a, a week which should not exist at all. Uh, John Jansen, in my opinion, uh, you know, it feels weird. It it feels like I should be watching a playoff game this weekend and uh, not meaningless football at this part of the year. Competitively speaking, this was not needed. Strictly a naked money grab by the NFL. Absolutely. It it, it does feel when you first hear the idea of more football, it sounds great until you realize, okay, maybe that's enough of the regular season for me. (laughs) And look, I will say one thing. The expanded playoff is a little bit weird, but I do like it. And also, I like the fact that only the tops, the top seed gets a bye week because it's kind of it's forced a lot of teams to play this week, which I'm I, I like. I like the idea of that. I guess there's merit to that, but I mean at the same time, John, uh, I, I'm always leery of a situation whereby, and it could be, you know, let's say it's my beloved Rams who end up with the two seed, right? And and uh, who could be staring at him next week in the in the seven seed could be. Even Philadelphia. It could be Philadelphia or San Francisco, a team that could legitimately beat them. So what did you just bust your ass for 17 weeks for to get the two seed, and you're out in the first week? I, I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, anyway, it's going to be a, it'll be a fun weekend next weekend with six games, John, I guess, uh, you know, three in each conference. But for this weekend, you got 16 games. I count four. 
where uh, both teams are either in the playoffs or are contending for the playoffs. The other 12, you know, welcome to the Green Bay playing Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, the Jets, Buffalo, Carolina, Tampa Bay. I mean, just almost, John, non-competitive games. Yeah, there are a lot of those. I do like the idea of teams playing spoiler. We've seen that a lot in right. the last week of the regular season. Can do that. So that's always an interesting angle. But, yeah, there are a few games that just I have absolutely no interest tough, in. Tough for the picks, too, man, because you don't know. You know, even from, and of course, I'm in a fantasy league, which, unfortunately, I could not convince my uh, co-owners to stop at week 16 or even 17. We're still doing this. You're still uh, going the entire regular yes, season? yeah. Oh, uh, Pat yeah. Callahan, Jesus. I know you've been in that league for a while. <laughs> I know that you love being in that very, very old-school league. <laughs> but if they're playing the last week, all the way to the last week of the season, I think it's time to go. I, mean, I think it's time with that. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. I'm trying to yeah. decide if Zeke Elliott or do I play? I mean, you know, you imagine so if you had Aaron Rodgers just, yeah, right. in the playoffs. You, right. What are you going to do? Start right. Jordan Love now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just terrible. Yeah, and look at the. That's correct. You're exactly right, John. And it's just not fair. But I, had, I remember one fantasy football season, I had Paint Manning and Harrison all the and they sat in the last oh, week no. of the regular season, and I lost. Oh, I, I was the best team in all fantasy football by a mile. Yeah. Had both those guys yeah. on my team and yeah. lost because every. I yeah. think I even had Dallas Clark on that team too, yeah. and all of them. Dallas sat. Clark. That's the game where I, I wonder if that's the game where Peyton stood there with his helmet on. Remember, he stood on the sideline. They were going to go undefeated. I, I don't know if it was the same season, but they were going to go undefeated. The Colts were, but uh, they pulled them out, and uh, it wasn't Tony Dungy. Who was the other coach? It was the uh, Jim. Jeez, uh, I can't. Think. But anyway, Jim Caldwell. Jim was Caldwell. The other coach, very yeah. good. And uh, because he should be a head coach again, I yeah. think. And Peyton, I think he was a Peyton good one. stood there on the sideline. It was all he could do not to, I think, strangle. It just, <laughs> I, I was waiting for him to just jog out. But anyway, the way he did the Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. How about that? You're exactly right. But uh, all right, guys. Just a word too before we really rumble into the agenda here about how many hundreds, if not thousands, of of fools do you think are already in South Philadelphia parked and ready for this game tonight? <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough I mean, to be at Lincoln Financial Field tonight. You couldn't. I mean, do you ha- let me ask you this, Kyle. Start with you. Yeah. How, what? Give me a percentage of people you think are going to be at that game tonight out of the 100% number of seats. Oh. Well, it, it depends because you're going to have season ticket holders that are just pawning their tickets off to people that have maybe never been to a game before. So this is like right, right. their chance right, to go. Right. Hold on, Columbo. It's a simple question. <laughs> just give me a number. Will you? Just give me a number. Okay, we don't need to parse this for an hour and a half. I don't know, right. 60%? 60, there you go. Jeez. I think it's going to be close to 100%. Oh, come this, on, you got to be crazy. T- people are falling in love with this team, and they, they just no reached way. the playoffs, and they're, oh, it's another Birds game. In the li- no, I, w- I wouldn't go near Lincoln Financial Field. I know there are a bunch of crazy people that will be. I, I think, will not go near mm. I think Kyle is right. I think Kyle's right. I think it's, I, I, Kyle, I was going to say 50. Yeah. I mean, you got to be absolutely crazy. It's 19 degrees out now. It ain't going to get much better. And then tonight's going to be right back to this. How could you possibly Do you remember sit? the last time this happened? By the way, uh, yeah, because the, the Eagles, Eagles, and the Eagles played the last. Yeah, the Eagles lost yeah. six nothing. Yeah, uh, a six nothing game in like yeah. below oh, freezing temperatures, and I, I had a friend that went and he said like his beer was freezing oh, up and everything, God. and they stayed the entire. Uh, it was brutal. Why would you go there in, in a six nothing game? One of the worst NFL games I've ever seen in my entire life. Why would you want to go there? You and cannot overestimate, John. 
How stupid 20-year-old males can be. I mean, I, you know what I mean? You, you can't do it. I mean, we're all there, right? And, and, and so now as a, as a 20-something-year-old male right now, yeah. yes, I, 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 I agree. So this is going to be some badge of honor now. Oh, man, we're going to get out of here. We're going to tailgate. We're going to stay for the whole game. Oh, my God. Nope. But, uh, Couldn't pay me enough. And plus my couch looks really comfortable, and my yeah. house has a nice heater in there yeah. that works. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> I think the uh, I think the Cowboys are going to treat this as a preseason game. I think the starters are going to play a series or two, and then that's that. And the I Eagles should too, do right? the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So you're going to get a healthy dose of Corey Clement on the Cowboys side, and I don't know who you're going to get on the Eagles side. Well, probably Kenny Gainwell. Be... But again. Again, guys, you've heard me rant about this. I know you're both sick of it. But, I mean, the NFL, come on. Oh, let's flex that game to uh, Philadelphia. We'll put that on Saturday night. Oh, it's going to be 15 degrees? Oh, yeah, that's even better. Started an hour later. I mean, it's, it's like ridiculous. They have no interest or, or compassion or feelings at all in the live fan. And the live fan is what makes an NFL game, John. you agree? Yeah, this game should have just been been in the background on a Sunday you know you see it on red zone oh the Eagles scored or the Cowboys scored instead I have to now in a meaningless game put it on I'm probably not really going to watch this game have it on one of the screens and watch something else because I I have zero interest in watching this game well let's talk a little bit guys about last week in pro football then I'm going to give you my lesson 9,950 on why losing teams lose uh how about those New York football Jets, fellas? They are defeating. They're beating Tampa Bay, right? It's uh, it's twenty four twenty. Tampa Bay has guys quitting yeah, during the it's game. Twenty four to twenty. You got Tampa guys that are jogging <laughs> off the field at halftime, and uh, and you have a fourth and it's really John. It was like a one and a half at the like the seven yard line of Tampa. I mean, you got Tom Brady. I mean, give. What are you doing? Kick the field goal, make it 27-20. This way you're guaranteed overtime if Brady does what we all know he's going to do. Instead, no, we're going to go for it. And then they get all bollocked up in the play call, totally. And uh, Zach Wilson tries a quarterback sneak on a a one-and-a-half-yard fourth down. He he loses a foot. And next thing you know, you lose the game. I mean, that's what losing teams do. Yeah, and, well, even losing teams that end up having some success – it doesn't last long, and the Cleveland Browns are just that for me. That, that's my thing from last week is that was an epic collapse by the Browns this season. Uh, I think Stefanski may have been a little bit overrated. I even fell in love with him last year. Baker Mayfield will not be a starting quarterback again for the Cleveland Browns and not in this league for quite a while. Uh, they just lost to a Pittsburgh team in which their quarterback couldn't throw the ball over 10 yards and can't uh, probably can't make it 10 yards down past the line of scrimmage in about 30 seconds. I mean, it's it, they yeah. lost to that team and got yeah. beat bad by them. I tell you. That, is, that is an epic, yeah. epic failure of yeah. a season from it Cleveland. Is, it is, and, and encapsulated just fine by the fact that their best player by leaps and bounds, Nick Chubb, Isn't touched, even on the, field. touched the ball 12 times. In, in a game where all you needed to do was pound them and pound them and pound it's them. It's to the point where yeah. people think Nick Chubb's not having a good season. Yeah. The dude is third in rushing. Yeah. He is yeah. averaging five and a half yards per carry. <laughs> one of the best in the league. This guy is the be- one of the top I three know. running backs in the league. But all of a sudden he's bad because Cleveland just yeah. decided not to use him. I, 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 I will sign on to your observation totally. When we do this next week. We're going to do a season review, and I'm telling you, you're right. The Cleveland Browns will be down there as the single, maybe the single biggest failure of 2021. Kyle, what did you see last week? Um, I saw a Cowboys team that I uh, proves my point that I can't trust them, 
They always falter in big games. This was a big game for seeding purposes. Yes, Dak Prescott's numbers look good, but for some reason, these games down the stretch that they need to win, they always just collapse, and there's there's just something missing with this Dallas team that um, they don't have that eye of the tiger when they need it. I think that's entirely correct, Kyle. Entirely correct. Eye of the tiger is right. They just... They just there's no reason why they should have played John the way they did last week against Arizona. No, and the funny thing is, even on the other side of that, Arizona in that second half looked terrible. Yeah. I mean, both of these teams they're they're in the top four seeds. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. of these teams could still potentially get the second seed, and they look horrible right now. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say Arizona. Oh, great win! You know, great win on the Little road winning. against a really good team. And yeah, Arizona's now back on track. They look bad, and to the point where. Uh, I think I'm, I'm foreshadowing this for my uh, for my pick segment, but Seattle could probably end up beating them. Yeah. You know, this Arizona's playing horribly, and it, that didn't inspire any confidence in me. So, Kai, I, that's a great game to bring up because yeah. the Cowboys and Cardinals both that could have been a you know big win for e- each of those teams to get the momentum getting in the playoffs. And I thought the Cardinals' second half was just a big time failure, and they're right back where they were. Uh, I agree. All right, is this team really that? I good? agree. I mean, and I'll tell you, it, it, Dak Prescott is quite the enigma. He really is. And Kyler Murray, same way. When Kyler Murray stays in the pocket, he's really not that great a quarterback. He has a nice touch. He can throw a nice ball. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. But it, he's not nearly as fearsome. As he is when he gets I do agree with that. I absolutely do. I don't think he's as prolific in the pocket. Yeah. But I also still don't think Cliff Kingsbury has a great feel for play calling. Yeah. He has no. a good scheme. He has you know a, a great style that works in the NFL now. And Kyler Murray's great under center in this, in this kind of system. But I think his feel for calling plays, he just seems so erratic. And sometimes it results in really random, bad losses. This one, they were able to win. But that second half, again, very questionable play calling and decision making. I, I'm just not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury. And I, yeah, I, I think we, we uh, mentioned this a uh, couple weeks ago, too. It, it's Kyler Murray that kind of bails out Cliff Kingsbury with all these like miraculous broken plays yeah, that yeah. he can come up with. Imagine if he yeah. had like Ben Roethlisberger back there. <laughs> they, they'd probably Arizona, have like two wins. Uh, <laughs> without... Um, Without Hopkins, that's that's a tough. I was just uh, about to mention that. For Arizona. Is, is I mean, that is that a oh, bigger loss so, than Because yeah, obviously DeAndre so. Hopkins is a big deal, but we just thought this offense could kind of still make make their way to winning games and doing well without him. But I think as we're seeing, they need that big playability from Hopkins because it bails them out more often. Yeah, I agree, not. and uh, you know we don't talk about it much because Arizona's one of the the you know wastelands of the NFL. No one talks about what's going on in Arizona. But I mean, if Dallas had lost C.D. Lamb, you know, or uh, Buffalo loses Stephon Diggs or something like that. People would be paying attention, but Arizona, nobody really, 
nobody really focuses on. One other observation from last week I just thought was interesting. Of course, as usual, it has to relate to me in order for it to be interesting. <laughs> but I'm using Hunter Renfro last week, and I see he catches a ball from Derek Carr, stumbles, gets up, scores a TD to give the Raiders a seven-point lead over the Colts. This is late in the game, guys, in the last two minutes. It was right out, I think, the two-minute warning. And uh, now they overturn it because, uh, you know, the, the, the Colts player's fingernail waved past his cleat. Uh, just ridiculous overturn, but <laughs> typical of the NFL. But it really- I will say that, that was a perfectly thrown ball by Derek yeah, Carr, too. He, yeah. When Derek Carr is on, yeah. that guy is That's extremely true, good. That's true, but he's, he's not on enough. <laughs> That's and, right. you know, yeah, he's not. But maybe that is maybe that is just the Raiders not being good because he's making Zay Jones look like a top flight wide receiver, and Zay Jones was just this outcast in Buffalo that was drafted in the second round and just thrown into the Raiders roster, and now all of a sudden he's getting a hundred yard games. Hunter Renfro is having a breakout year. Like Derek Carr is, I think, making the best out of what what was a really bad situation this yeah. year. And look, the Raiders haven't drafted well for the most part in the last three or four years. The, the, the actual, though, the point I'm making is that it, when they overturned the call, it killed the Colts uh, because had they let the touchdown stand, the Colts would have gotten the ball back with two minutes to go and a chance to tie the game. When they overturned it, the Raiders then got the ball back, but it was at about the 20-yard line of the Colts, and the Colts were out of timeouts. That's I know. It. How about that for a way to change the game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so by taking points off the board for the Raiders, it killed the game for the Colts. But anyway. Uh, just Colts shouldn't have been in that position anyway. That's a bad. That's a very you talk bad about. Loss. Yeah, you guys talking about what uh, you know, like Dallas and the way they played last week in a game they really, really needed for that two seed. Look how the Colts coughed that one up. Uh, you know, it cost themselves a shot at the division title. And oh my God, if the Titans get Derrick Henry back, boy, oh boy, how about that? Ooh, he's designated to, to return. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That team becomes an entirely different team when that monster is in the backfield. So <laughs> that's going to be very interesting. The ante gets up significantly in the AFC when he returns, especially if they end up with the number one seat, uh, which I guess they're, are they, they're going to, right, John? I mean, they, they currently they hold tomorrow. the number one seed. They, yeah, yeah, if they if, win tomorrow. They if they win the tomorrow, yeah. No, yeah. What, no matter what Kansas yeah. City does, they're they at Houston, the one seed. So. Yeah. All right, look, guys, it's a weekend football of Palooza is what we were talking about. And I say that because – even though the games are not that great, they're all over the TV screen. John mentioned that at the outset here, we got two games today. Are you guys excited? Kansas City at Denver. That that line keeps going up there. I, I think the chefs are going to be like 14. By yeah, the I will be tuning in for that one because the Chiefs do need the win, but I have a feeling I will be done paying attention to it at halftime. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big-time blowout. Yeah, so do I. I think so. I don't know what the These weather These two games... I mean, could they have put two just worse games? <laughs> yeah, this well, John, sucks. I talked about it, though. If you're going to give us like, give us bad teams, give us Pittsburgh-Baltimore on Saturday. Yeah. Does it mean a lot for the playoffs? No, but at least it's Pittsburgh-Baltimore. We're likely going to get the starters. Yeah. But games like this, like the, the, Denver's done. Denver's been cooked for weeks. Drew Locke should not be an NFL quarterback. He should be playing in the USFL when that resurrects uh, this. It's not a bad point, here. John, really. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Baltimore, say New Orleans, Atlanta. I mean, even though. Perfect. Again, yeah, but they, you're right, because they would have been two very rival, Two rivalry yes, games, exactly. competitive games. Exactly. It would have been fun. Yeah. And on a Sunday, Pittsburgh, Baltimore gets yeah. lost in the hoopla of these teams making the right. playoffs. Right. But you give us two games where one's going to be a huge blowout, and the other one is absolutely meaningless. And tomorrow, uh, both networks are showing doubleheaders, so you're going to have like four games on. 
Uh, if you're not if you're not a red zone guy, you're still going to get four games. I can't remember the last time a non Eagles game that I've watched Fox or CBS. <laughs> I know the, commer- the commercials drive me crazy, but still, it does. You got the uh, Sunday. We're going to get at four twenty-five Rams and Niners. That is a I need Scott game. Hansen yelling at me fantasy oh, scores uh, while highlights are playing. I over cannot and over take again. that guy. And why am I the only guy on the planet Earth who thinks Scott I was Hansen- just about to say you're the only person oh. on planet Earth I've ever heard I love Scott, Scott Hansen. Hansen. Well, he, well, I think he's how could you guys like him? He will not shut up. <laughs> I am watching the game, Scott. I'm watching. I don't need you telling me that Kyler Murray's rolling out. I can <laughs> see him rolling out. I think he does a good job, though, of bringing because con- oh. You're sometimes going into a game sort of blind, yeah. and he'll, he does a good enough job of giving you context. This how they just got happened there. in the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. I know. Yeah, yeah. This just happened. Well, let me just watch it happen. really good, Kyle. Scott? Thank you. Oh, my God. Really- Maybe oh. Kyle should be the new uh, Red Zone host. Yeah. Nah. Maybe that's could in be. your future, could Kyle. Be. Kyle. Could be you. No, nah, if I had could to do that, be. I'd have to like pee every five minutes it would be like a mental thing i don't know how that guy goes to the bathroom seven hours of commercial free football the guy doesn't move yeah oh that is the greatest sound in the world anytime i hear scott hansen yell at me seven hours of commercial free football i am strapped in for a good time i have my red zone countdown on the tv right now i'm ready i like red zone i love it but not because of the fantasy i like it because there's no commercials but i didn't oh yeah i'm sorry you don't need him at all you don't need anybody in that seat just keep switching i can figure out who the hell's playing god almighty i mean you know it takes me one (laughs) half a second to figure out who's playing down at distance what the situation is i don't need that goof talk show host He's a free guy, too, I think. That makes a big difference to me, John. Thanks, pal. (laughs) Anyway, we have a couple minutes, Didn't think we were going to go on a Scott Hansen rant I know. So you off I go. Week Uh, 18. That's that's what it'll do to you. So give me some uh, ideas. Do either of you two guys, are either of you two in the Antonio Brown camp after that episode last week and all of the revelations that came out this week uh, in which Brown fired back and threw Tom Brady and uh, Bruce Arians under the bus uh, do you guys have any kind of observation that says maybe Brown was right here? No. No. Because even if he <laughs> did have not. any merit or <laughs> any ground <laughs> yeah. to, to, to be in this state where he doesn't agree with what the Bucks did, yeah. the way he handled it yeah. was absolutely childish. Yeah. So I I can't I can't say, well yeah, he has, you know, a right to do that. Be, but to go on that tirade like he did? No. And then to be missing if you really want to prove a point, go ahead into those appointments and go go check out, go get your ankle checked out. Yeah, you know, go go make an effort to prove to them, like, hey, I was injured. You guys were wrong, but instead, all he's doing now is going on podcasts and being like, Tom Brady's not my boy. Oh, I don't like Tom Brady. Like, Imagine that. When come on, man. Like, you got to be kidding me. It, and it's not even just. It's like, dude, you're you're not helping yourself out at all. Yeah. Even again, if you had ground to stand on, you're you're just complete. It's crumbling below you, and it's all your fault. Like if you would just be reasonable for a second, maybe I maybe I would agree with him. Yeah. I, I I would want to say that yeah, if Bruce Arian said he was hurt and he played him and that's why he let him off, well then Bruce, you're in the wrong here. But everything Antonio Brown did to try and yeah, remedy this is just been pretty I much know. a disaster. And uh, and then Kyle, you know the observation too is that I'm going to show you how hurt I am. I'm going to I'm going to jog off the field with no one else in <laughs> exactly. the area. So everybody can see me running off seemingly in perfect health. But you know, Kyle, the other thing is it just goes to show you why do you notice how the wide receiver position in the NFL is by far the most diva position in the league. 
Yeah, is there a reason for that? I had no idea why, I don't why that would be. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. But then you, you know, you know. have um, just to add on to you know him hopping on podcasts and this and that and calling everybody out. Yeah. He goes and says like you know I don't you know Tom Brady's not my boy, but Rob Gronkowski's his boy. So why am I on a uh, prove it deal? He I don't know. Asked, and, yeah, he asked why am I on a prove it deal? I don't but know. Antonio, maybe because you, reasons why you're on a prove it deal. Because you've been on four yeah. teams in in three I years. Know. Jeez. But, you know, there's, there's, there's a parallel, guys, real quick here, is and to think of that, Terrell Owens, right? Yeah. Terrell Owens ended up playing for, like, almost eight teams in his career. And at the exact parallel is when Owens was with Dallas and he was very successful, he started getting annoyed because Romo kept throwing to Jason Witten. And he actually went to Jason Garrett, the then offensive coordinator of the Cowboys, went over Romo's head, complained that Witten was getting the ball too much. There's just something about certain of these guys. They're just their ego. And- yeah, it might be crazy to say, but I feel like even Terrell Owens is very tame compared to yeah, Brown. Yeah, so, uh, did <laughs> ever right. quit so. in the middle of yeah, a game they're, they're, or before they're, they're, a game? There's something clearly wrong with Antonio Brown. He's there's done this twice now. Twice he's yeah, done like this. Kyle says he's been with four teams in, in, in three years, and there's something wrong with him. And it'll be... I'll just be I'll be just be shocked if some team picks him up again. I, I just can't see. And it. I, I why can am I on a say, prove it deal? I don't know because you don't show up the game sometimes. <laughs> that's kind of a big yeah. deal. I could say you're maybe the, he maybe. said he's the best wide receiver on the Buccaneers. Yeah, you're going to be really great in the playoffs. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh wait, you're not playing in the playoffs because you didn't show up. <laughs> I can say to try right, and answer your question real quick, Pat. The wide receiver yeah. position maybe because it's the only skill position on offense where you're not guaranteed to get the ball in certain plays. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair comment, Kyle. Yeah, it's I, the only I, thing I, I can think of. It, it yeah. is a frustrating. I, I've, yeah. If I was to see, I would be frustrated. Yeah, that, that seems like such a frustrating spot to be in. All right, listen. When we get back, man. Uh, Poor guy. Let's talk a little. I want to touch on Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I want to touch on a Temple man that's on the hot seat. I want to ask Jansen if he's drinking that Bengal Kool Aid when we get Ooh. back. All right, John. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, also, a good question, Pat. Georgia or Alabama? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Right. Next, co- next question. The, the college football championship is almost here. And the good thing is pro football playoffs aren't far behind as well. So the Park Sportsbook app is the only wrap I, I recommend for all of your football needs. It's safe and it's extremely easy to use. And you can bet on more than just the score, too. Bet on player performances, same-game parlays, and more. New customers make your first bet risk-free up to $500. And that risk-free bet could be on the national championship game at the moment. Georgia is still a three-point favorite against Alabama. I guess everybody is kind of riding the bulldog wave after a huge win against Michigan. So, again, Georgia laying the three. You can bet on them. Risk-free bet up to $500 for new customers. Just download in the App Store. Click parkscasino.com slash PA. Use the promo code MONEY. Risk-free bet refunded. Inside credit. The website has all the details. The Park Sportsbook app, it's game time. Let's be 21 and in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are the Bengals, am I drinking the Bengals Kool-Aid? We'll find out next here on This Week in Pro Football on The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Hi, welcome back here. Callahan, Jansen, not a maybe here this week in pro football. Live from the Parks Casino, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, the iHeartRadio app. We were just ruminating during the break there. There's lots of divas in the national football. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, like Aaron Rodgers gets himself into a, <clears throat> like a Twitter spat with a... Uh, 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 MVP voter, like a member of the media, and that guy in politics. I just want to tell Aaron Rodgers, like, we get it, man. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah, we understand yeah, where yeah, you're coming from. Yeah, you yeah, said man. it a million times right. now. We we get it. Yeah. We understand. We know. Please stop talking. Yes, we know you're the James Bond of the NFL, <laughs> <Right>. Aaron. <laughs> we all get it. Okay? Was there, was there any all? argument? We, you just didn't want to hear from two people more than that reporter and Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, <laughs> I hate both of you. Please stop talking. You know, just a word, guys, about Mike Tomlin. He... he the uh, the win Monday over <coughs> uh, the Browns, which was so eloquently described by John Jansen, uh, means all 15 years that Mike Tomlin has coached the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's not had a losing record. I mean, that is an incredible run by Mike Tomlin. He's 161 and 93. Not that great in the postseason, eight and eight. But you know what? When you're in the postseason, you're playing really good teams. So, and I mean, when you're dragging along Ben Roethlisberger's corpse <laughs> for five seasons, yeah, but, uh, you're going to have some problems. But uh, you got to really give a stick tap to this guy. I mean, that, that is an incredible job by Tomlin to go 15 years. And really, if you think about it, John, how many teams is that? You know what I mean? Like in terms of your core, that's got to be at least three. You know what I mean? Where you're turning the roster yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and yet he has managed to always have them in the December conversation. I know we don't like to put any Coach of the Year candidates in who aren't going to make the playoffs. There is no way possible Pittsburgh should have been an 8-9 win team. Yeah. None. Absolutely. They have a quarterback that legitimately can't throw the ball past 20 yards. He can't move. He trips over his own feet more often than not now. And he got that team to win 8-9 games. Yeah. That is unbelievable. And if you had any doubts of Mike Tomlin as a head coach, why? I don't get it. This dude has proven time and time again. Yeah. He is, if not, one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. Yeah. He's a top-five head coach to me. I don't care about Sean McVay. I don't care about Kyle Shanahan. I don't care about all these new guys. Mike Whoa. Tomlin has been steady, and he's been doing it with a quarterback that probably should have retired, again, like five years ago. It is remarkable what he did with this team. Absolutely remarkable. Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches since 1969. Three. That is an organization that doesn't make a mistake when it picks a head coach, I'm telling you. So, and people uh, wanted Mike Tomlin fired last year. No yeah. way. Next week, we'll, uh, Kyle, we will do uh, our Coach of the Year thing. And, uh, but I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you who my vote is for right now because this guy is the next Mike Tomlin, and that's Mike Vrabel. Oh, God. Vrabel, yeah. I mean, Tennessee made the playoffs once in nine years before he got there. Now, he's had four straight winning seasons, three playoffs, two division titles. This guy is a solid, solid NFL head coach, and I think he's the next Tomlin. Absolutely. I mean, without Derrick Henry, who's the backbone of that team, uh, I, I know you have A.J. Brown, who who's a solid receiver, but he has even been off and on uh, the injury list. Julio Jones is a shell of himself. They don't have anybody else. They got Dante Foreman in the backfield, and then next thing you know, they're, they're uh, beating a desperate Miami team by 31 points. It's yeah. like it, he's like yeah. defying odds here with Ryan Tannehill, and uh, yeah. they they currently hold the number one seed in, in the AFC. Yeah, it's a it's a and miracle. Tannehill, 
Tannehill wasn't even playing well. Like the offense significantly regressed when oh, Derrick Henry went out. Oh God, yeah. And they were winning games and yeah. able to continue to stay afloat and get the number one seed potentially, which is remarkable because he was out coaching people. Yeah. He was just flat. He out coached Sean McVay completely. Had Sean McVay's offense and Matthew Stafford confused, yeah. and it ended up getting them easy fourteen points yeah. uh, early on, and they ended up winning that game. It's it's remarkable that he basically coached them to wins. And it got them now to a potential number one seed, even without their best player. Yeah, they play a, a throwback football type. They're, you know, I mean, they're Neanderthals the way the game is played today. But uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. Another coach, guys, I wanted your comments on though. And a beloved Temple man is on the hot seat after only two years. Matt Rule has managed to go ten and twenty-two after a three and zero start this year, John. Uh, the you know the Panthers were being celebrated as a surprise team this year, and then low, and then surprise after starting off three and zero, they're now five and eleven. So they've got two and eleven in their last thirteen games. Uh, is Matt Rule in danger here of not making it to season three? Yeah, turns out, Pat, I liked Matt Rule at Temple. I liked him at Baylor. Turns out, the dude's a lunatic. He is just absolutely delusional about what his team is. They made, they made that move for Sam Darnold. He's sticking with Sam Darnold and defending him. And he blamed his offensive coordinator, who has been one of the up-and-coming coordinators in football, fired him because, well, we're not doing one-off on offense. We passed the ball too much. Right, right, right. So you can hand it off to Chuba Hubbard, your rookie running back, who isn't good. Go ahead, run the ball. And they've been absolute dog crap afterwards. I just think the guy's lost his mind. He keeps saying this process of, you know, Jay-Z wasn't an overnight success. Shut up. You're not an overnight success, and you're not even going to be a success in the next couple of years if you keep being this delusional coach of what your team actually is. I, I have done a complete 180 on that role. I liked him. I thought he was a, a very good leader and manager. It turns out he's just a lunatic. All right. Well, I mean, that's uh, very subtle there, John. Uh, you know, <laughs> very stay, subtlety. Stay I'm not sure game, where man. you stand there. Uh, but uh, it's been a very, very disappointing season. Then to go and throw $5 million at Cam Newton. A completely washed A guy who makes Ben Roethlisberger look like Joe Burrow when it comes to vitality. And uh, you go throw money at him. That was ridiculous. Right. You so. hand your offensive coordinator, Sam Darnold, yeah. to Cam Newton and go, why aren't you making yeah. this work? Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, that was a, they gave up a lot for Darnold, too. I'm not, I think the jury's way out on that one. Or, or unfortunately, it might be, the jury might be in on that one. So, I, I don't know. Darnold might just be a, a, a total bust. But, uh, he could be right in the USFL with Drew Locke. And then you have Joe Judge. A bizarro press conference where he he lays down um, <laughs> that guy. He lays down a, a, a total marker about how we're making serious gains here, and uh, we're building. And guys are calling me up saying, "Can I come back to the Giants?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that phone just won't stop ringing. I'm sure of that. Uh, you know what's yeah. funny about it? Their owner listens to all of that uh, and goes, no. "I love that guy. Uh, no. I'm keeping him around." Yeah, there's another pro baller on the phone. Coach wants to come back and play for you. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, I heard uh, I heard Brady wants out of Tampa and wants to come to the Giants. <laughs> come to the Giants. Can't wait to throw to Evan Ingram though, and Kadarius Tony. Pressure, the pressure that is on these thirty-two guys. You know that's why again, back to Tomlin. It just goes to show you what a what a great coach he is. And the pressure can just destroy you. If, but how if you're, not if you're the Giants owner? How can a guy that's a billionaire? makes all this money, makes great decisions in his life to get him in that position, and that same dude thinks that Joe Judge is the next Bill Belichick. Well, How does yeah. that happen? 
Oh, you know, the Belichick coaching tree has not been good, and uh, with the notable exception of Rabel. But, uh, Rabel? Is is Rabel not even part of the coaching tree? He was just a player? Uh, that's a fair I mean, it's point, part. Right. right. Yeah. He's learned a lot from yeah. Belichick, but I don't even know if he was even on his well, staff. Well, let's face it. He was dining out on Belichick. He was. Yeah, card, he was. But, but it's an interesting point. But All right, let's get to the other thing we teased about. Is that, and I, I don't need a full dissertation. I'm just saying, like, and you guys have heard me say this before. And, uh, Kyle, I'll start with you here. He said, uh, uh, it's about time the Bengals got good. I mean, they've been drafting top five draft picks for 20 years. And they obviously <laughs> hit big on Joe Burrow. Okay, well, good for you. But uh, I, I, do you guys think that this is a serious playoff uh, uh, threat for 2022, the Bengals? 2022, yeah. Uh, I think they could you mean, be. You mean this year? I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, 20 the playoffs. The, yeah. This year's playoffs. Okay, yeah. I, I think they could be an underdog. I, I don't, they are getting hot at the right time. I know they've kind of been like that Jekyll and Hyde team all year, but now it seems like they're really getting it together. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are, you know, picking up right where they left off at uh, at LSU. And Joe Burrow is playing out of his damn mind. Uh, so if he stays hot like that, anything's possible. I mean, look what they did against Kansas City last week. That was a gutsy performance against uh, the best quarterback in football. So... I think anything's possible with this team right now. Jansen, are you drinking it? No. I think they had a couple of good games against two secondaries that they probably should have beaten the way that they did. I think Joe Burrow's made a lot of progress. I think those two wide receivers should be getting a lot more credit than they are. But the defense is still bad. The offensive line is still questionable. This is a team that's just been, as Kyle said, kind of Jekyll and Hyde all year. But there, there are too many issues on that team for me to just think that Joe Burrow is going to be able to throw 400, 500 yards and just win in the playoffs doing that. I think it's going to be extremely difficult. And don't get me yeah, wrong, I'm, I'm saying like you know maybe you know win a round in the playoffs. I'm not saying like yeah, you know, I think Super Bowl. Yeah, see that's what I mean. I, I, they're not going to beat Kansas City twice. They no. have to end up playing the Chiefs again. They're not going to do it. I think they're going to win one maybe and then lose. You have to go through it like the like the Bills did. Remember Josh Allen looked like a dope. That is first playoff. Game. Yeah. You got to learn. And, uh, and so the so I I think if they get into another game with Kansas City, they get into a game with a savvy playoff team. Right, and I guess my thing is, is there any way they can win other than Joe Burrow going absolutely bonkers yeah. in the passing game? You know, that, that it's, re- it's really good. They have a great passing game, but that's obviously not going to be the case every single you know playoff game. And it's likely that the first one, they're probably going to come out a little bit tight being in the playoffs for the first time, and I imagine they're going to get, you know, beat pretty bad by Kansas City early yeah. on in that game. But that's so, what they need for a young know. team. They get that experience right, in it. And next year when they yeah. they can bulk up that defense and offensive line, then look out. Then, exactly. Then the, I, they're I agree really next year they're yeah, they're gonna be dangerous next year. Exactly. Yeah, but they're gonna have a they're gonna have a twenty five draft pick instead of a five. I think they're gonna be in shock in the Bengals draft room. What do you mean we have to wait? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's gonna be interesting. But uh all right, listen guys, when we get back, uh it might not be a very long NFL preview. Like I said, there's not that many great games. We'll talk we'll go through that and then I'm also gonna ask you guys, uh, who's the Eagles best playoff opponent? Who do you think uh in terms of seeds uh the Eagles match up best against in a first round playoff matchup? John Jansen. The answer's simple to me, but we'll get to that on the other side. I have another question for you. It's the same one, actually. Georgia or Alabama, Pat Callahan. <laughs> I know you don't care about it. I care about it, and maybe those in the Park Sportsbook app do. SEC game of the week. The, Next question. <laughs> the college football championship is almost here, and pro football playoffs aren't far behind as well. The Park Sportsbook app is the only place I recommend for all of your football needs. It's safe 
and it's extremely easy to use as well. And you can bet on more than just the score, too. Bet on player performances. We love anytime touchdowns and first touchdowns around here on The Gambler. Same game parlays you can use and more. New customers make your first bet risk-free up to $500. That championship game, Georgia is a three-point favorite against Alabama in a rematch in which Alabama won pretty easily in the first game of the SEC championship. Can they do that again against Georgia? You're getting three points, and you can get them as underdogs on the money line as well. So new customers make your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app in the App Store or click parkscasino.com slash BA and use the promo code MONEY when you sign up. Your risk-free bet refunded in site credit, and the website has all the details. The Park Sportsbook app, it's game time. Must be 21 and in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This week in pro football coming back right after this on The Gambler presented by Cure Auto Insurance. All right. I'm up. From the sports book here at Parks Casino and Ben Salem, PA. 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, and the IR Radio app, where most of our millions of listeners, I think, check us out. Are you guys excited for February 2nd and the announcement of the Washington football team's new name, John Jansen? No. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I, could, I could care less. I don't know. <laughs> I could really care less. It's just another name that I have to now remember. I'm still calling the Las Vegas Raiders Oakland Raiders, and I still call the Chargers the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I know. But so it, I'm never going to get it. It's incredible, you know, Kyle, how <clears throat> like I, I'm on Twitter, you know, tweeting my nonsense about the NFL, and you, you, people posting, like, the Redskins. Oh, here, listen to me, the Redskins. <laughs> the Washington <laughs> team. Isn't that funny? The Washington team held a, uh, you know, they did some remote or virtual thing where they were talking about the new name, right? And they show, you know, being cute and kitschy about this February 2nd uh, reveal. Uh, they show Ron Rivera being handed the new the helmet uh, yeah. of the new team, right? He thinks people are going to love it. Well, now the thing was that people actually, it was like a Zapruder film. People are actually posting on Twitter. Well, you can see in the reflection of the window behind Rivera, you can see a little bit of a logo, and it's a W, and it looks like there's a Washington Monument in it. So my vote is it's the commander. I mean, they go crazy for this stuff. Yeah, you know who I mean? cares? And, uh, I, I know, but it's going to be either commanders or admirals. It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same uniforms. They're just going to slap a logo I where know. the numbers were I on know. the helmet. I, I, yeah, and they're just going to put a slap a big W on the helmet. Well, who that's cares? A, that's a clever logo. I can't stand. How about how about they focus on fixing their stadium? How about you? They do that instead of worrying about their team name, Mister Snyder. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't care about a team name because for a franchise that shouldn't exist. Because anymore. one makes money and the other costs money. That's why. Daniel doesn't have enough money. He doesn't have enough money. Worst I mean, you owner. Daniel. Daniel <laughs> Snyder. The, uh, yes. Well, Washington, yeah, they're usually so blasé a team they never have to worry about fans leaning over the railing. That's they, true. They look at anybody. It's, it's the first time done. that Gates had to uh, has been tested yeah, in, in, in years. That's, that's right. Uh, all right, let's do a quick NFL preview, guys, presented by M&T Bank. Uh, give me my music here. We're only going to talk about a few games because 
many of them. We've already disparaged Kansas City-Denver, the Eagles game tonight. God forbid people sitting in that cold. God almighty. Cincinnati-Cleveland, the, the, the Bengals have already announced they're not playing anybody. Green Bay-Detroit, John, I think you read that. I think that's one going to be, what, two series for Aaron Rodgers, three series maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and I, what happened to the toe injury? I thought, yeah, I thought he was injured. Why is he, why is he playing at all if he has this apparent toe injury? Excellent so, point. Excellent. No, I, I, well, I would say, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a preseason game. Chicago-Minnesota, that line went from two and a half to five and a half. Uh, so uh, Washington and the Giants, that's unbelievable watching that game. <laughs> uh, but how about Pittsburgh-Baltimore? John mentioned this. Uh, a few minutes ago as being a very competitive game. Both teams have like a one in a billion shot to make the playoffs. Uh, I know. Isn't that kind of unbelievable? Both teams still have a chance, quote-unquote, to make the playoffs. I know. But, uh, so I think this is hey, this is always a, a tough, tough game, John. Yeah, it is. And, I, you know, it's the last one that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be involved in. So uh, it's something that, yeah, I, I will be tuning into or at least – uh, be happy to see a red zone highlight whenever it shows up. But yeah, it's it is good to see you know the the last Ben Roethlisberger game against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I thought that was funny Monday night how uh, when Najee Harris he should have taken a knee, but I'm glad he did. Just go score a touchdown. That's what you're paid to do. Go do it. But Roethlisberger, you can see clearly wanted that adulation. What is there a werewolf loose in this place? Yeah, what was that? I heard that. I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the sounds you hear from Parks Casino. <laughs> But anyway, one of these uh, lovely slot machines. Roethlisberger wanted the uh, that last minute adulation, and he wasn't going to get it if the if uh, Baker didn't oblige with another pick, uh, which he did. That's uh, you know the one time you could actually count on Baker. How about that? <laughs> that is true, but that should be a competitive game. Uh, no uh, Lamar Jackson, boy, what an off year for Lamar Jackson. Huh? He, it, it's just it's just not happening yet for Lamar Jackson after what four years. Of yeah, and it just seemed like the beginning of the season was just the the foreshadowing of it. The the team just couldn't stay healthy in, in general. Yeah. It oh wasn't even God, just Lamar. Right. Like Lamar was part of it, right. but the entire team just couldn't yeah, stay half healthy. Half of their teams on the COVID list. Yeah, it, it was just one of those years that you just kind of had to go. All right, well, lost year. Kind of give up on it and just get ready for next year. But yeah, it just could never stay healthy, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Excellent point. The, the other, the, the major game, I think, there's two major games on Sunday, both uh, out west. Uh, the 49ers have to win. Well, they don't have to, but if the Saints win, which you would expect they would, even though I think Atlanta's going to give them a good game. But yet, if the Saints win, the 49ers have to win to make the playoffs. They've beaten the Rams, John, five straight times. I have a gut feel about this game. What are your thoughts on 49ers at Rams? Can Matthew Stafford in a big game against a secondary he should should be able to throw the ball with ease against? Can he finally put a game together in a meaningful big game? I think that's going to be huge because they need to win too, obviously, to take the NFC West. So they have a, a lot to play for as well. Can Matthew Stafford, you know, live up to expectations, live up to the hype, and actually deliver in a big game? I think that's kind of important to see before the playoffs come around. Yeah, I don't know. It's true what John says about uh, uh, Stafford. He's had a good year, and uh, take last week, he throws two terrible picks again. But then, oh, that the, pick six was disgusting. I know, but in the fourth quarter, he's eleven for eleven. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know, <laughs> the most Matthew Stafford thing ever. Yeah. I tweeted this too. He's simultaneously the best and worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think. Uh, 
But boy, oh boy, I I, I just think that I, I myself, Kyle, I think the Rams are going to smash the 49ers tomorrow because you just can't keep losing to this team. You've got to punch them in the mouth. I think they do it tomorrow. What do you? Think? Ooh, I think I'm on the other side of this. Uh, uh, first of all, Stafford his last three games, five TDs, six picks. I mean, that, that's about that's ooh, about right for this yeah. time of year. Uh, for Matt Stafford, and uh, in a divisional game like this, I'm I'm just gonna roll with the more desperate team. You have one team that's fighting for seeding purposes, and you have another team that's fighting for their playoff lives. Um, and I think San Francisco is on more of an upswing than than the Rams are. Um, I'm actually surprised the Rams are a five point favorite. I, I think San Francisco can win this game outright. All right. Well, that's that's going to be obviously a. I, that's going to be a big game. That's a big, big game there. And uh, the Rams got to play it well because they might face this team again a week from now. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you just can't keep letting them beat you over the head. The other big game, obviously, is the playing game Sunday night. Uh, the Chargers at Vegas. The winner is in. Uh, I know there's a, an idiot scenario people were buzzing about all week long about how <laughs> if the Colts were to lose to uh, Jacksonville, which they're not going to do uh, these two teams could actually take a knee the whole game if both of them would get in. So I'm sure the NFL has minded them that, uh, guys, you're not going to do that. I would love uh, if that happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. But anyway, no way two head coaches would trust each other enough. For that. <laughs> I think that Vegas is going to win this game. I, I, I've been down on Derek Carr and the Raiders all season long, but you got to give them credit. Three wins to stay in it, including a huge win last week in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I think they, they – I, I don't trust the Chargers. Chargers have every bit as bad a – big game legacy as the Rams do or the Raiders do. I think the uh, Raiders are going to win this game. Too. Yeah, that's I agree with you. It's it's not as much as I think the Raiders are good. You know, I think they have their issues and obviously they've had a lot to go through this season. I still don't think they're great, but it's more the Chargers. I don't trust them. But it's oh, Justin Herbert can do so well against the Raiders and he matches so well against their zone defense. That's great. Justin Herbert's been fantastic all season long. It has not always translated to wins, though. The rest of this team around him sometimes isn't good, and their defense is terrible. So, I, yeah, I, I just think the Chargers, is, it, they're really hard to trust in a spot like this, especially the fact that they're laying three on the road like that. I don't yeah. know. Ooh. Yeah. Talk about a yeah. Jekyll and Hyde team with Cincinnati. That's what exactly what the Chargers they, are. Right, they are. Um, yeah. But I, I don't, it's really tough because I'm looking at the, the Raiders have problems putting points up, at least in the last five weeks. Um, they put up 15, 9, 16, 17, and 23. And I think if they want to win this hey, game... There you go, 23. Yeah, 20. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, I think they're going to have to really win in a shootout here because I, I do like the Chargers to put up points. Now, whether they give up the same amount of points, I, I don't know. But I think their offense is way more lethal than the Raiders. I like the Chargers to win in a high-scoring game here. All right, since 2015, the home team in the last primetime game of the year has gone 0-5. What do you think of that, John? Do you attribute any any significance to that before this werewolf tears your throat out? (laughs) No, but that's an interesting stat, though. I did not know that. Uh, Are they trying to give us a hint? Is it the Washington (laughs) werewolves? Is that where we're going with here? I don't know. Uh, it was supposed they, uh, to be the Red Wolves. No, they eliminated Red Wolves. Yeah. They claimed they had trademark issues. That's nuts. Oh, Jesus. Trademark issues yeah, with who? Trademark. I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's a team somewhere in the uh, high school team. In no, Iowa they didn't have trademark the issues. They just didn't want to put up any. They had trademark issues for 90 years with a team called the Redskins. They managed to figure that out. <laughs> but anyway, uh, how about, guys, we t- just take a minute here and let's talk about – we have a few minutes left here. John Jansen, the Eagles uh, – 
at the seventh seed or sixth seed. It doesn't really matter. They're going to play either the Rams, the Buccaneers, or the Cowboys. Who is their best matchup? None. I hate to say it, but maybe the Cowboys is because they're out of sync. But the Cowboys still match up really well against the Eagles. Micah Parsons is a cheat code that, oh, Jalen Hurts can run the ball and he's so great. Micah Parsons is the one guy that Jalen Hurts can't get away from. And that's a bad matchup for them. And also... No matter how bad Dak Prescott is, you know, we, we've seen with this Eagles scheme, they like to play back, a bend don't break. But if they do that against the Cowboys, they're going to end up giving up a lot of yards and a lot of points. So, no, I, I just don't think they match up well against any one of those teams. But it would, to, to me, by default, would be Dallas just because of the way they're playing right now. I, Kyle, I wouldn't give them much of a chance, though. I mean, Kyle, my answer to John said he didn't think they have a chance against much. I think they have a good chance to beat Dallas just because of familiarity. And as John said, they're, they're such an enigma, the Cowboys. The one team they cannot beat is Tampa. I, yeah. You're not going to beat Tampa, I don't think, in, in Tampa in round one. I, mean, I think they have a puncher's chance against the other two. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think they're going to beat any of these teams. But a puncher's chance against Dallas, because if Dallas does get that two seed, that means they will have beaten Philly twice this year. And uh, beating a division rival three times in one year is just simply uh, ridiculously hard to do. They didn't so, just beat the Eagles in that first game, though. That wasn't just they beat them. Yeah, they them. beat them down. Huh? Yeah, they, they beat they them down. They crushed them. But this is a it's different a, Eagles a team now. Matchup. This is a different Eagles team. What, they run the ball five times in that first game against the uh, Dallas? They couldn't do yeah. anything in that first game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it doesn't matter if they ran the ball 40 times. I mean, I'm, I'm like, de- I'm like desperate here. <laughs> I'm desperate here looking for answers on how the Eagles can well, get past the wild card round. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that, the only the only other thing would be just the Rams because Matthew Stafford is a wild card in the playoffs. But yeah. even then, I still think he throws for 400 yards against the Eagles. Yeah. Kill him. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know. It's but I would say Dallas if I had to give an that. answer. I think Dallas, too. I think just because of familiarity and uh, and that type of stuff. But I mean, uh, the Eagles' defense has been doing somewhat well, but they're not playing Taylor Heineke, Jake Fromm, and Zach Wilson anymore. Like These... these Passing offenses are very prolific, and any time they've gone up against a somewhat decent passing game, they have gotten torched. Even the Raiders crushed the Eagles, and Derek Carr had a huge game. Uh, Tom Brady had a huge game. Patrick Mahomes had a huge game. I know. You know Justin Herbert was the other thing. You're right. The Eagles have been dining out against lousy teams the last six weeks, and they've taken advantage of it, and God bless them for doing it. But now, when you get to the playoffs, that's over. Right, so, and, and, and that yeah. Chargers game, I guess, right. is, a, is a good barometer of... They were deciding to run the ball in that game, and they finally started doing it during that stretch. But it's hard to run the ball and continue to do it when the quarterback on the other side is torching your secondary. Biggest issues, so you know, the God. biggest issues is going to be the the first fifteen plays because Sirianni has been rolling with these plays, these oh, scripted plays all right. year. That's and if they call. start the way they've been starting the last three weeks, they're going to be down. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, 20 to nothing pretty quick and not have not being able to run the ball after that. Since the merger, 14 teams have beaten the same team in one season three times. So in the 51 years they've been doing this, it's happened 14 times. The last team to do it in 2017 was the New Orleans Saints who beat Carolina 3-2. 
times. And by the way, in 2009, Dallas beat Philadelphia three times. So <laughs> it has that. There you oh, go. my gosh. Uh, I forgot about uh, that. Uh, Isn't that Donnie yikes. running into the glass and all that? Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, what a great memory. That was the air guitar, go. wasn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Which was the, the game was over. The second that happened. Yeah. So, all right, listen, we get back here, guys. We got uh, Barrett Brooks is going to join us. We want to talk some Eagles playoff, and I want to ask Barrett a few other things uh, of interest uh, going into week 18. We still got a whole action-packed hour, John, in hour number two. Yes, and that McNabb thing is the most awkward thing a human has ever done oh, in the God, history sorry. of human beings. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Barrett Brooks coming up next on This Week of Pro Football right here in The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. All right, welcome to our number two this week in pro football. Callahan and Nunamaker and Jansen. we got an action-packed hour number two here uh, on uh, 102.5, 1480 AM, and the iHeartRadio app here. we got uh, Barrett Brooks going to join us in about five seconds. we got uh, the top five most frequent NFL coaching mistakes. I bet you Barrett would like to join us for that. Uh, hey, he's played in Detroit. He's probably, probably yeah, seen a mistake or two. A little fantasy football. Uh, and we want to do a little history, a history of 21st century playoffs by seed. I think you guys will find that interesting. And then, of course, the dreaded pick segment. Let's bring on, of course, a Super Bowl champion, uh, longtime Philadelphia Eagle, Pittsburgh Steelers, Detroit Lion, uh, from NBC Sports Philly, Barry Brooks. Good morning, Barrett. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How's it going today? All right. I hope you're nice and warm today. Are you down there tailgating already, Barrett, uh, before it's all 13 <laughs> hours before a kickoff? <laughs> no, no, not today. I, I'm, I'm anxious to get that, make that trek down to the stadium, though. Uh, I'll be inside the Wells Fargo Center doing pre and post game show. But hey, I tell you what, man, this is still Dallas week, and I think we, a lot of us have forgotten this is Dallas week, man. We got to get our heads straight. All right. Well, let me start, and you can uh, you can certainly answer within the the. Uh the confines of tonight's game, Barrett. But I'm asking even a more general question is, you get to this last week of the season, what are your thoughts as an ex-player or even as a potential NFL coach about playing starters? Uh, If you absolutely don't need to win to get in, how do you feel about playing starters in a game like the one tonight? Well, I'll tell you what, Pat. I've I've been in a situation where um, we rested players going um, going into a game and we lost. And then I had, you know, a situation where we played in to get into the playoffs and we won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, just from a personal standpoint of what I see, I mean, I, you need to have that momentum going into the playoffs. You know, I understand you want to rest and you don't want to uh, go out there and have a player get, you know, hurt for something stupid. But, you know, that's what we do. As a player, you play football. You really don't care about all the extra stuff. You get paid to play football. And, you know, you you, you can't take yourself away from the risk of, 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 of being, you know, who you are and what you do for a living. You know, those are risks that we all say, yes, we, we will take that risk. But we have to play football, man. So from a player's standpoint, you want to play. You absolutely want to play. But from a coach's standpoint in, a, in the organization, I understand how they could have, you know, a little trepidation in having your starting quarterback out there and you don't have your starting left tackle out there or, you know, you know, vice versa. You know, that's, that's, that's the only thing, you know, that, you know, you think about. But as a player, you get paid to play. You want to play in the competitive edge, especially against Dallas. You want to go out there and rip their heads off. Yeah, and for Dallas, I mean, they can use this as an opportunity to maybe try and get 
things back on track. Uh, what have you seen from Dallas that makes them kind of so uh, just seem great at times and then look so awful? And like, what are you seeing right now that has them sort of out of sync? Well, I mean, it's Dak Prescott. You know, everybody praises Dak Prescott on when he's when he's doing well. Well, at this point, he's out of sync with his guys. You know, they're not practicing a lot together, so you know they're kind of out of sources. You know, put it. You know, and now look at you know Michael Gallup's not there. That'll give him a little trepidation for us. You know, playing their starters also. You know, he gets hurt. You know. Uh, in the game before, you know, against Arizona, and now he's out for the rest of the year, you know. Those are things that's running through the back of uh, McCarthy's mind. But at the end of the day, they are so, um, you know, they're just so wound up that they're making a lot of bad plays trying to make good plays. You know, you got to be in sync with the rest of your team. you got to be in sync with the guy next to you. And they're definitely not in that position right now. I don't think they believe necessarily in, in, in you know, what – their offensive coordinator is doing, you know, even though he was like talked about as far as the next, you know, big head coaching type of thing. He hasn't done anything the past couple of weeks because the team is not in a position where they're playing in sync with each other. So, I mean, it's hard for you to go out there and think you can turn it on and turn it off. And I thought Dallas, you know, they tried to be that type of team, but they're not. You know, this is a team that needs to go out there, needs balance, and they don't have it right now. So Dak Prescott, he has to be play, play better in order for that team to play better. And he is playing very average, which I, that's what you get with a guy like that, Brad Prescott. He plays average. Hence, that's why, you know, they're going through what they're going through as far as the offensive side of the ball. So, Barrett, sticking with tonight's game with the Eagles and Cowboys, we all know there's no implications here. It's really a meaningless game. But is there anything that you are looking for, like any kind of positive that you want to take away from this game moving forward? Well, from the Birds' standpoint, I, I really think that they need to go out and score early. They have been out of it the past, you know, first half for the last three or four weeks. They have no offensive production in the first drive. If I was this team, I would make it a point to go down and score on the first drive because they haven't done it in a long time. They must get some type of um, camaraderie together in the first half as opposed to always coming out in the second half and thinking they can bail themselves out. When you're going against these upper echelon quarterbacks, you can't afford to get down 10, spot a team 10, spot a team 12, yep. you know, and then think that you're going to come out in the second half, take the game over, and win the game. They're just not that good. I mean, they're a good football team, but they're not good enough to do that against a Brady. You know, they're, they're not good enough to go and, and, and play against a Murray. They must start fast. And this is the game in which I mean I I I'd make it my you know, my main thing as far as, you know, getting these guys ready to play in the game. We must go out and start fast, get some points on the board at the first drive, and make sure that we can go out and have that, you know, you know, have a sense that all right, we, we don't have to play around now. We can just go out there and score as opposed to going in like they've been going the last couple weeks and not being able to move the ball. All right. All right, uh I'm going to follow up. Uh, I'm going to leave the Joe Judge question for uh, for John, but because I, I want to follow up the question about the Eagles. Now, maybe I'm guilty. Looking forward a week here, Barrett, but I want to. You know, your I want your expertise on this. Is it? We were. John was talking earlier about how the Eagle defense was torched during the season by the likes of, of course, Justin Herbert or uh, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. Yeah, Prescott even earlier, right? But then, of course, the Eagles got into this run here, uh, Barrett. Giants, Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington. You know, where they really played some really subpar teams. And they, to their credit, they've won the, most of them, and now they're in the playoffs. How big a culture shock might it be next week, Barrett? And is it something the Eagles might struggle with when all of a sudden Tom Brady in Tampa Bay 
is uh, taking the snap from center uh, against them? Well, you know, I think the biggest weapon that they have on the defensive side of the ball is the mere fact that their offense can go down and, 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 and hold the clock, control the time of possession. The longer you keep that quarterback off the field, the better chances you have of being successful in the game. And that's the biggest thing. During those time periods when we were playing them upper echelon quarterbacks, we had no offense. It was always three and out. So the defense didn't get a chance to rest. They didn't get a chance to get their bearings about them because they were always on the field. Well, I think this time it'll be different. Yes, I think Gannon understands that when he has a subpar quarterback out there, that he could be a little more aggressive. Well, he's going to have to take that mindset be more aggressive against these upper echelon quarterbacks also. But he's going to have some help because that offense can be the best defense for this team by keeping Tom off the field, Tom terrific, terrific off the field, and keep your offense on the field. I think that's the biggest difference. Those guys will get some rest, and maybe then they can go out and generate some pressure, you know, go out there and mix up with those, you know, a big-time quarterback. But at this point, I think that's the biggest thing that's going to help this defense going into the playoffs is that they have a running game that will travel well, and those guys up front, it doesn't matter who's running rock, who's playing quarterback, they can control the game. And I think that's the biggest thing that this defense is going to need heading into the playoffs. Now, I do like the fact that they're starting to do a couple more things um, as far as, you know, from a planning standpoint, a game planning standpoint, against these teams. They ran a 3-3 um, uh, dime defense last week. They generated a sack. Jannard Avery and Hargraves ran a pick stunt, and it ended up going into a sack. Those are the little things that Gannon can do to kind of confuse um, one of these upper echelon quarterbacks but they must make sure that they generate pressure and keep those guys, you know, at, at least at least worried about their pass rush. And they can do that with the guys they have up front, but they must play more aggressive on the outside also. So there is a team that is not going to make the playoffs, Barrett, that is completely eliminated. And i got to get your perspective on this. So you're a player in the locker room. You just lost. You're having a bad season. Your offense can't score more than, like, three points each and every week. And your coach goes on a 10-minute tirade in a press conference saying that the process is working, things are going well, and this dude just completely goes unhinged in the press conference. (laughs) You're in the locker room, you hear about this, and your reaction is what? Like, if you're a player hearing this, and this guy's completely going bonkers, you have to be thinking like, oh man, this is going sideways real quick. We look like a sideshow circus, you know. Like we're, dr- yeah. it's almost like we're driving, we're driving down the floor, and you see all the, uh, you see all the fireworks side things on the side of the road. Well, that's what it was. He was one of those fireworks stands as he drive down the floor to, you know, to go getting fun in the sun. You know, he that that's exactly what you see, Judge Joe. Uh, I mean, Judge um, whatever his name is. I mean, Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Yeah, you're not going to need to remember. He, he would be a great college coach. He'd be a great college coach. You just can't coach men like that. And that's the biggest difference. You know, I, I, I don't think he, you know, special teams coaches, you know, sometimes they are a bit off. You know, Hallball, he was always one of those guys a bit off. But I, I really think that he thinks that he's coaching these college players as opposed to playing, uh, coaching NFL players. You got to have a different mentality coaching these guys because these guys have families at home they're trying to feed. And all that, you know, the melodramatic stuff, they're not trying to hear that. They want to win because they understand when you win, you get paid. And he's not giving them an opportunity to get paid because they all suck right now. So, yes, there is a problem with that. And they're laughing at him um, inside the locker room. They're talking about him inside the locker room. And it makes it for an uneasy workplace when you work with a guy like that. I've been a part of a situation like that where the coach just quit. Bobby Ross quit on us 
because it was kind of the same thing. He'd get all fired up, but he had lost the team. Well, he just lost the team with this, you know, with this rant. And you know, and, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy situation to get those guys to come back and be and buy into what he's talking about. That's going to be huge, you know, going into next year, going into OTAs and stuff. He has to win those guys back. But at this point, he lost those guys. He lost them halfway through the season when you have players retiring on you rather than play for you. He's definitely lost the team. I don't know what he's going to do to try to get the team back. I don't know what the Giants organization is going to do, um, even with their GM. How do you go forward a situation like this? They say they want to keep him. I don't know if I keep him because he's lost the team. So, Barrett, um, I heard one of these free agents knocking down the Giants' door to uh, come play for them is uh, Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> after his tirade on Sunday, I, I have to get – your opinion um, as a former player, what is going through a teammate's mind when you see this happening and even just the aftermath of him going on a tirade on podcasts, kind of dissing Tom Brady and all the uh, all of his uh, ex-teammates? As a player and a teammate, like what do you think of that situation as a whole? Man, you you see him as poison, man. You know, that's a poisonous situation right there. You know, we understand that there's some psychological things going on with him. But still, you know, that that's who he is. That's who he has become. That's what he is going forward. And he thinks that what he's doing is okay. And as a player, you don't want to be, you don't want to, you know, unite yourself with somebody like that. You don't want to hit your wagon to a guy like that, understanding that, you know, at any point he could go off like that and he'll go down with guns blazing and doesn't mind it. You don't want to be one of the players that's going down with him when this all happens. I mean, how do you turn on Tom Brady when he basically got you back in the league, use who he is as the, the best player ever to play the quarterback position, get you back in the league and you, t- you turn on him like that? That, that's you know you don't do that as a player and, and other players see this and other players are, you know treat him like he's 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 cancer you know they're gonna treat him like he's the plague you know what I mean he's 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 basically the coronavirus incarnate right now you know what I'm saying so they're gonna you know, play with him they're gonna they're gonna deal with him with the long stick man they're not gonna hit your whack in the him so he has a lot of problems I hope he gets them you know you know worked out whatever he has to do but at this point you know. Just because, you know, those problems are happening, it still didn't change who the man is himself, and that's that's who he has become. That's who he is, and people don't leave him alone because of that. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, Barry. I mean, I, when you played with the Eagles, were you a teammate of Terrell Owens? No, I wasn't. I wasn't a teammate of okay. Terrell Owens. So I didn't I didn't I didn't we get rumin- I didn't get that aspect of it. Well, we were ruminating earlier. Well, I mean, obviously, you, in your long career and successful NFL career, you had lots of wide receiver teammates. Why is that position such a diva position in the NFL as opposed to say any any other one. You you have to be you have to be a little selfish number one, but you have to be a little wacky to go over the middle and, and catch balls, you know, with somebody uh, running full speed trying point, to knock your man. head off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta yeah. have to be a little wacky. But you know, those players are yeah. usually selfish players because they they need somebody else to be successful and that's that's hard, you know what I'm saying? So you have to be a little arrogant to play that position, you know, and a little crazy yeah. also. So I mean I it, wonder, Barrett, it's just a tough situation. I wonder if you if you didn't just hit on it, you know what I mean, John, like uh, Barrett said almost a little jokingly, you gotta be crazy, but there's some speculation that Brown was not the same after Vontez Burfick laid him out in that playoff. Do you guys remember that? I'm sure, Barrett, you do. That uh, oh, yeah. that illegal hit that uh, concussed him. But, I mean, maybe maybe that is part of the issue. But, uh, anyway, yeah, People understand what a concussion is. Yeah. 
Pat, that's a, the, the, a concussion is when you bruise your brain. I mean, of yeah. course, you know, you're not going to be right after that. You know, so I mean, that, that, that could definitely be something that um, is really pushing them in that direction. Yeah, yeah. That's a shame because he's a hell of a talented guy, but he just can't get it right. It's a shame. But uh, too many burn bridges now. But uh, one guy who doesn't burn bridges is the great Barrett Brooks. I really appreciate you taking this time. We've got a few more weeks to go here, Barrett. I want you with us every step of the way as soon as, especially as we get into the playoffs here, uh, your insight. Let's keep it going. Things. Thanks for joining us. All right, pal. Thanks very much, Barrett. We'll talk to you next week. Definitely. All right. Great Barrett Brooks joining us. Always with some great insight. Don't you guys think? Oh yeah, I love the locker room stuff yeah. when he gives us when he gives yeah. us any insight in the locker room. Because yeah, I can't imagine being a player on the Giants, hearing Joe Judd say all that and go, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing next year." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I did want to dwell maybe for a minute more too about the, like playing tonight, like 15 degrees, and you don't really like John saying you don't really need the game. I mean, I, there's got to be a part of these guys saying, "Oh my God, put somebody else in, put that young kid in, let him stand out there all night long." I don't want to be there, you know. But, I think uh, Giants fans are wanting Ben McAdoo back. Do you think they're clamoring? Oh, God. I don't think they're that desperate. Extra from Goodfellas. Ben McAdoo. It's stunning. It's stunning that somebody could be worse than Ben McAdoo. Yeah. And, well, and Joe true. Judge, it, it was just don't be Ben McAdoo. That's yeah, it. Don't, don't be Ben McAdoo, <clears> and you're going to be fine. That was a damning indictment by Barrett there saying he's lost half that locker room. That's a shame. But anyway. Uh, how about a little top five, guys, presented by the good folks at Gleason's Bar. My boy Pat McConney's got a great place there going. It's a go-to spot for good food, great drinks, better friends. Their mission is to provide neighbors with the highest quality service while maintaining a welcoming and inclusive environment for the whole family on Mill Creek Road in Levittown. they got all kinds of things. Happy hour Monday to Friday. they got lunch specials, Taco Tuesday, Burger Wednesdays. Uh, they even have some live events throughout the whole month of January. Uh, so uh, check it out. Tonight there's a group called Never Enough from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And, of course, as Jansen says, it's never enough. So there you go. So uh, <laughs> check that out, Gleason's Bar. And, uh, guys, the top five, let's do a joint one. We don't have to give five ones each. The things we see throughout an NFL season, the most frequent coaching mistakes. Let's see if we can come up with five. Uh, hopefully, I, I wrote down four. Hopefully you guys are going to come up with one that I don't have here. I'll start first. Is, uh one is when to go for it on fourth down. It just seems like uh, some NFL coaches are always surprised as to whether or not to go for it. And then now I think the pendulum swung where now they're just too aggressive. Sometimes the field goal, put three points on the board, take it, and, and live to fight another day. Now it's like, oh, it's fourth and two. I've got to go for it, John. Yeah, and I think it's it's more the timing of it at times. It's like, okay, well, why are we doing this at the end of the half? Let's just get points. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads into my next one because it's all about timing. I think coaches sometimes review plays at the wrong time and the wrong play. You know, there, there are some times where I think coaches just throw it out there, not really thinking ahead of, okay, is this, is this play really that significant right. to potentially lose right. not only a timeout, but the ability to also call a challenge later on in the game when it's going to be maybe in a more important time and a more important play. Yeah. So I, I just think sometimes they, they miss time or uh, on their, the, the wrong judgment of throwing a flag out on the wrong There play. you go. That's, that's the fifth one right there. That's a good one. Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, I got like a two-for-one here. The, other, the one I wanted to point out was the, the two-point conversion. Like people right. at the most like inopportune time going for two because leading into my second point is the overuse of the analytics. Uh, the analytics say to go for two because it gives you a 76% chance of winning rather than a 74% chance of winning. <laughs> I, I, the whole analytics yeah. thing is like, I get it. It helps in some way, shape, and form. But 
overusing it, it, it is a recipe for disaster. I remember Doug used I, to do I it agree. all the time. I agree, I agree with you, uh, Kyle. I think you're dead right. Because another thing it does is it robs you of paying attention to the circumstances of the exactly. game Exactly. Get a feel for the game. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're right about that. And I'll hit you guys with two other ones here. Tell me what you think. One is the time management, right? I yeah. mean, it's incredible how coaches cannot figure. And the thing that the the, the real bugaboo I have is when teams got three timeouts. There's in the at the end of the first half, and they won't use one. You know what I mean? Oh, I got to hoard these timeouts. And there's a and meanwhile, there's a minute fifteen. Tick, tick, tick. Now it's a minute five. Now it's fifty-seven seconds. Now it's forty-eight seconds. And they won't take one of those timeouts. And the offense like looks twenty-one out seconds there. left. Oh God! I can't. You know, some coaches they just can't get. Now the other thing, give me your thoughts, John. Is and I, I think this is a problem. Is running back by committee. I think too many coaches now have decided I've got to have multiple running backs, and that's all well and good. That's fine. You want to spell a guy, but I, and I, the the example I'll give is Green Bay. Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is one of the top five talented running backs in this league. I do, or maybe ten. Maybe I'm being too effusive, but they just won't play him. Just won't do it. Now, i got to have two guys. i got to put this A.J. Dillon in. I don't care if he's only two-thirds as good as Aaron Jones, but look at me. I'm shuttling running backs in. Aren't I a genius? The worst one, actually, before that, before the Aaron Jones-A.J. Dillon one, was Frank Reich with Jonathan Taylor. He would use Naheem Hines way too often, would put him in a lot of passing situations when Jonathan Taylor is even better than him at that. He would give him the probably give him one too many carries each game. Like That one was extremely frustrating of why are you even yeah. thinking about taking Jonathan <laughs> Taylor off the Excellent field? Point. Why? Yeah. But uh, but it just they were even doing it yeah. earlier in the season. It yeah. took Frank Reich a few weeks to realize. Oh, Jonathan Taylor gives us a better chance when he's on the field. Oh, that's right. And I got to tell you, that's why in the second round of my fantasy draft, I had a shot at Taylor, but I took Aaron Jones instead because, because I Naheem was, Hines for no reason. And it wasn't just Hines; it was the other guy. Yeah, who, they were playing. The, his, yeah, I forget his, his name. Marlon Mack. His name was <clears throat> Marlon Mack. Mack. Yeah, he he was hurt last year, but he he was back. And I thought, I can't trust this guy. You know, is he going to go with Taylor? Didn't pick him, lo, lo and behold. I'll All give right. you my biggest uh, pet peeve, though, uh, uh, building off of that, was when uh, Sean Payton would have Drew Brees on a roll, and then next thing you know, Taysom Hill oh. comes trotting out <laughs> oh my God, for the Wild Cat. That's a classic example. I'm like, a oh, my God. Example. Talk uh, about a my, my pet peeve. <laughs> if we're going to keep I, the, I, If we're going to roll, because I feel like we're on a roll with this. Anytime a team is on like a third and ten or a little bit of a third and long and they use a draw play, that is the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest play call in the yeah, NFL. Or a wide receiver ever. screen. I'm oh, fine. I hate it. <laughs> wide I hate it. it. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, come oh, there goes Nelson Aguilar on the screen. You're already. You're already 10 yards away from getting a first down, and you want to go two yards back to get forward? What are we doing? Top, yeah, that's true. Well, we did a top 12 there, but I mean, it was an interesting time. <laughs> oh, we yeah. can do a top 100. I, I, know, I know, but Barrett was uh, brought to us by the good folks at First Bank. Their business philosophy centers around the idea of personal bankers and real relationships. Being a First Bank customer comes with access to personal bankers, ones who know you and your business almost as well as you do. I know this because my friend Joey Calabro is a market exec at First Bank, and he's been a leader and lender in the Southeast PA market for about 30 years. Not only is Joe a banker I know get business done, he builds meaningful relationships with clients. They go above and beyond to work with clients and keep their best interests in mind. So I encourage you, if you're looking for a commercial bank, stop in and see Joe or any member of his team at his Westchester office located at 121 North Walnut Street, or give him a call, 484-881-3810. That's 484-881-3810. They'll be happy to see you. First Bank is an equal opportunity lender. Member FDIC, John Jansen, when we get back, 
We got to cram a whole bunch of stuff here in the last half hour. We got a little do you remember? We got an eagle prediction. We got the dreaded pick segment. Also, mistimed trick plays are a huge one, too. I'm going to throw another one out there. Like Sean McVay at the end of the first half with 13 seconds left doing a fake field goal only uh, for maybe a potential another chance at a field goal. Yeah, what an idiot. Georgia or Alabama, though, Pat Callahan. I know I'm an idiot that keeps Georgia asking you this Alabama, question. Man. Keep asking. Uh, yeah, I can't. but it's a good question that I think people <laughs> want to know because – College Football Championship is almost here, coming up on Monday. And it's the last week of the regular season, so pro football playoffs aren't far behind as well. So the Park Sportsbook app is the only app I recommend for all of your football needs. It's safe, and it is easy to use. You can also bet on more than just the score as well. Bet on player performances, same-game parlays, and more. New customers make your first bet risk-free up to $500. That championship game... Right now on the Park Sportsbook app, sitting at three. The Bulldogs are a three-point favorite against the Crimson Tide in the SEC Championship rematch, which, of course, went to Alabama in the first round. So does Georgia get revenge on the Crimson Tide? Well, you can get them laying the three points on the Park Sportsbook app. Just download in the App Store or click parkscasino.com PA and use the promo code MONEY. When you sign up, your risk-free bet refunded in site credit, and the website has all the details. The Park Sportsbook app, it is game time. Must be 21 and in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. More of this week in Pro Football coming up next year on The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. All right, Callahan, Jansen, not a bigger back here. And uh, we'll finish this week in Pro Football. There's a machine somewhere in the Parks Casino that's letting off. This oh, it's right next to us. I see it. Oh, do you see, see the it? werewolf, yeah. Where is it? Right there. Nice little werewolf on the front oh, of it. There it is. Timberwolf. I might go over and play that slot. When, uh, do that. Do that. Maybe it's got something on there about Georgia and Alabama. I mean, that wolf is going to make me more money than the Timberwolves ever would. <laughs> How about this, gentlemen? The title sponsor for the Jaguar season finale is a company called RoofClaim.com. They're a roofing business. This is courtesy of The Athletic, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> they signed a 600000 per year sponsorship deal in August that guaranteed to spotlight them during the season. So they're the title sponsor for tomorrow's game. They filed a suit in Jacksonville Circuit Court to have their name removed because fans are planning to dress as clowns <laughs> to, 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 at the game tomorrow to protest another lousy season in Jacksonville. And this sponsor doesn't want to be associated with a game where everybody's dressed up as a clown. Man, things are going well in Jacksonville. Right, but Trevor Lawrence is the one that's bad, and it's all oh his fault. He's God. a bad. He's not all he's made up to be. Even though Jacksonville is going through one of the worst seasons I've ever seen in NFL team. I mean, Detroit was bad going into the year. They were awful. In no way was it as toxic and as brutal as it is right now because of Urban Meyer and Chad Cobb. And I tell you, talking, Kyle just mentioned in the break that he won his fantasy league. I am. Our, our, my league is on points, and I'm 50 points ahead in the final week. So I should win. But the guy that's chasing me has Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense. And I think they might lay a serious number on Jacksonville tomorrow. Jacksonville has really quit on the season, I think. You know, they, they got 
bombed. Who they played last week? They they oh New England fifty to it was fifty to three, in the uh, late in the fourth quarter. So I I think Jacksonville has mailed it in and and they they really stink. I don't even I, I hate to even say mailed it in. It's just yeah. that they had no direction yeah. at all to, to begin with. Yeah, that's the truth. So anyway, we'll talk a little fantasy football presented by. Uh, the good folks at Concrete Cutting Systems who have dedicated this whole spotlight and the whole season, their sponsorship, to thank all the frontline heroes, doctors, nurses, first responders, firefighters who have given up so much of their time through these difficult times. All the men and women in law enforcement, armed services, past and present, they're grateful to you for your service and protecting our freedom. So uh, check these guys out on the web. We're at www.concretecuttingsystems.net. A little fantasy football. That was a long year of fantasy football. Uh, the fantasy bust of the year, Kyle Nunnemaker, non-injury. Non-injury fantasy bust of the year is? Non-injury. I'm going to go with a non-first rounder here and say Allen Robinson, who's yeah, coming off of a 102-catch season and has about th- just north of 300 yards receiving this year. Yeah. John, did you have anybody different? No, Allen Robinson's a great one, to be honest with you. Because it's not like he just had a disappointing season. He was non-existent the entire year. That is a, yeah, that's a really good one. Because the running backs... Are running backs injuries. are more difficult because they're, it's all injuries. Yeah, it's it's not one where you go, oh, well, he played and didn't have a great year. It was all injuries. Now, this guy is a semi-injury one, but I'm going to shoehorn him in here anyway, and that's Lamar Jackson. I know he missed the last few weeks of the season, but you know, he only had 16 TD passes and two rushing touchdowns before he got hurt. So I think uh, he wasn't a first or second round, but he was a big bust, I think. And uh, uh, injury-wise... Uh, if you include that in, the biggest bust has got to be Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, it's enough with this. Enough with this guy, right? I mean, John, you're picking next year, right? Uh, tell me where. Give me an uh, ADP. Give me a, a number where you think he's going to get drafted next year. I I would say he finally gets into the 20s. That's what uh, I was Yeah, I, I think it's going to be second round. It, second or maybe third. And I hate to say it, too, because I think the guy's extremely talented. And yeah. if he were to play 16, 17 games next year, yeah. he's going to win you a fantasy football championship. Yeah. But I just can't bank on that at this point. I, yeah. I really can't. And I think fantasy owners are going to start start to slowly kind of come around on the idea of maybe he's just not – Get him stay healthy enough to end up drafting as a top pick. Taylor will be the consensus runaway number one pick. And what are the odds he's going to repeat the season he's had? I mean, it almost never happens. You know what I mean? Like uh, teams being able to repeat that kind of season. Uh, so it's uh, – uh, but everybody's going to grab him anyway. But as to week 18, Kyle, I know you're sitting there smoking your cigar because you've already won. Uh, Joey Burrow style. Uh, Joey, oh, that, that's, is that how you did it? Yeah. Yes, he's my idol now. Yeah, I will, I'm a front. Look, runner. I'll say my my biggest advice for this weekend in fantasy football is if you're playing in a championship this weekend, just go ahead after this and quit your league and never play it again. <laughs> Best yeah. advice I can give you. Well, I think it's a week to play as many Buffalo Bills as you can, to play as many Indianapolis Colts as you can. I think that's probably some advice. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to make some really tough decisions uh, on putting in, you know, guys that are backups or third-string wide receivers yeah. and putting them in over your starters. Fine. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just like you just yeah. said with Buffalo. You know yeah. they actually have to play. There are a few teams that really yeah. need it, and you're going to have to stack up on those teams because it's exactly. very likely anybody that you have from Green Bay isn't going to play in this game. Correct. You so can't play. You got to find your Chiefs. You your, can't play uh, anybody on the Eagles. You can't play anybody on the Cowboys. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. So 49ers, Rams, uh, Chargers, uh, Raiders. You got to play those kind of guys. I got to play Tom Brady tomorrow. I mean, I think he'll play. 
I think he'll play the majority of that game because yeah, I think the Bucks want to take a chance at that second seed if they could get it. If the, if Kyle's right and the 49ers beat the Rams, Tampa would end up being the two seed. So uh, there's some teams you could find, but it's going to be a very tough fantasy week, and I I, I can't stand the fact that we're still doing it. So, you know, <laughs> enough of that, you know, really enough. Anyway, and I, that's a tough thing too because it's it is like, hey, who who should I put in my lineup? Who should I who should I start this week? I browse the board and try and find somebody that is potentially going to start. NFL teams are, are asking the same question. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea who is legitimately going to play this yeah. week. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I know. I just, that, that's not going to be easy for tomorrow, but all right, that's enough of that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, we were talking about I, I was going to do it, but I think I'll wait a little bit on that. Do you remember? We'll do that in the next segment. I just want to let me ask you guys a couple of things about it. I mentioned this was a run to daylight edition. Do you guys know that 14 of the top 20 rushing leaders are on playoff or contending teams? So, I mean, I think the running game made a nice comeback, John, this year in the NFL uh, as far as, uh, you know, if, if you and look at the Eagles. No, no better example than your Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah, and I think it's it's – it is showing that you need balance because I think the good good example of that is Dallas, that they have not been running the ball well lately, and that's kind of affected their, their passing game. You know, and even Cincinnati, we talk about their passing game. Joe Mixon's been great in the backfield for them. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's been good for running teams. And to find those backs that can be those hybrid players like Joe Mixon, especially in fantasy, is important. Another but, reason, Kyle, too, good. why I think the Eagles have a hell of a chance to beat Dallas if they play them next week, not tonight. But because, like John just said, if, if you – if you've been faking your running game all season long, boy, I don't think January is a good time to fix it. And I think the Eagles would have a, big, a good chance to win that game. Yeah, I mean, they, they figured it out, you know, after seven weeks that they have to run the ball, and they never looked back since. I, I think another reason the running backs have uh, made a comeback this season is because there's so many bad quarterbacks in this in this league. So you almost have to run the ball on well, certain a lot of teams. Them got exposed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to run the ball on some of these teams just so you're. Uh, your uh, quarterback doesn't, you know, throw five picks <laughs> like the yeah, like your like your Andy Dalton's or your Mike Glennon's, Trevor a Lawrence. A lot of Andy mm-hmm. Dalton's and Mike Glennon's this year. That is the truth. Ugh. You know, you had and, and you do have teams that are even bona fide starters. We mentioned Prescott had an on and off year. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, yeah. He, he's no bona fide NFL starter. Ryan Tannehill was up and down this year. Trevor Lawrence, a very, very rocky uh, rookie year. Look at Carson Wentz. He, he had a heck of a year. 26-6. and six. How about that, guys? 26 touchdowns, six picks. I guess you got to give it to Carson Wentz, right? Yeah, he did what he had to, to do. To a certain degree, but I think, yeah, I think you need to hand it to that, uh, yeah. to that running game for yeah, helping out so. a little bit. I guess so. Not everybody. A lot of can... probably single high safety that he had to deal with, and probably eight, nine guys in the box trying to yeah, stop Taylor. Not everybody can be a Daniel Jones, John Jansen. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Jones. How about that Baker Mayfield? We talked yep, about. Yeah, he stinks. Uh, yeah. T- Teddy Two Gloves. Give me a break. I'm so sick of team signing Teddy Bridgewater. Like they just. <laughs> that's the other. Break. That's the other bust in fantasy this year. Any wide receiver or tight end on the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, I picked Jerry Judy in like the eleventh round. He had zero touchdowns. Yeah, I had Cortland Sutton was also terrible this year, and they signed him to a big contract during the year. I know, and didn't throw to him afterwards. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, Kyle. To your point about all the quarterbacks, how many like Ben DiNucci's have we seen running around this season? Uh. We thought it was just like a crime to humanity in football that we had to watch Ben DiNucci start one NFL game, and we've had about ten of them start NFL. Games and look at this Davis season. Mills. 
Jake yeah, Fromm, baby. Jake bleeping yeah. Fromm may be the worst quarterback to ever step on an NFL field. Mm, debatable. Stunk this year, and uh, Zach Wilson had a very rough rookie year. We mentioned Sam Darnold. Kyle is right. The NFL landscape littered with uh, with lousy quarterback. Garrett Gilbert. Year, maybe did bring back the Garrett Gilbert. Hey, Garrett Gilbert played well, all right? All right. Wasn't he a comedian on Saturday Night Live? Could have been. <laughs> Yeah. All right, look, when we get back, man, uh, it's time to uh, ramp it up here. We got uh, a little Do You Remember, and then we have an Eagle Prediction, uh, which won't be easy this week, and then the dreaded pick segment, which won't be easy at all, finding three games that you can rely upon. John Jansen will do that next. My Eagle Prediction is I won't be watching it. Georgia or Alabama, though, I'll be oh, watching Georgia that Georgia or Alabama. I'll, okay. be watching, I'll be watching that game. Uh, the College Football Championship is almost here, and also too, Pat, I know for you, Pro football playoffs right around the corner as well. And the Park Sportsbook app is the only app that I recommend using for all of your football needs. It's safe and it is really easy to use. And you can bet on more than just the score as well. Bet on player performances, whether that's anytime touchdowns, first touchdowns, rushing yards, passing yards. You can put them all in the same game parlay and more. New customers make your first bet risk-free up to $500. Right now, Georgia over on the Park Sportsbook app, sitting at a nice three. They are laying the three against the Crimson Tide. Can they cover that number and end up winning the national championship? Well, you can bet on that over at the Park Sportsbook app. Just download in the App Store or click parkscasino.com slash PA and use the promo code MONEY when you sign up. Your risk-free bet refunded inside credit and the website has all the details the park sportsbook app it's game time let's be 21 and in pennsylvania gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER who will end up taking the crown in the dreaded pick segment find out our plays coming up next year on this week of pro football and the gambler presented by cure auto insurance back this week in pro football wrapping up week 18 in the ash football you know guys there's never a a lack of funny stories about the NFL. Here's one from uh, Pro Football Talk. Olin Krutz, who played 13 seasons as center for the Chicago Bears and went to six Pro Bowls. Uh, He said the Bears need to be willing to spend money to bring in good people. And uh, they currently, (laughs) they don't do it. He said, said, quote, the last time they offered me a job, they offered me Fifteen dollars an hour to work with the Bears' offensive lineman. They, they literally offered him minimum wage to come and work uh, with the team's offensive. When you're lineman. making less than a part-time radio producer, then <laughs> maybe that job isn't good. Maybe that's not a good idea. They offered me fifteen dollars an hour to come in there as an independent contractor. That is so funny. That is disgusting. I mean, but you know, you know. You also, hear- maybe maybe this will be a good idea too. Maybe stop paying people that are bad at their jobs, too, like Matt Nagy. Maybe that's a good idea. Well, I mean, you know, the, the Bears, I don't know. The, how many times do you guys hear me rant about it, why losing teams lose? And there's another one. I mean, how many times this season could you have pointed at something Matt Nagy did and go, he should get fired for that? Yeah. It's been all yeah. season. Why long. did the Bears keep Allen Robinson? I mean, why did they do it? They paid him a yep. whole slew of money this year, and they teamed him up with Andy Dalton, and 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 and, and then they hired, they drafted a running quarterback. I mean, just stupid, just decisions that don't that, that indicate you just don't have any type of philosophy that you are uh, engendering. You know what I mean? And it's it's a that's that's what losing teams do again and again and again. Man. So uh, let's do a little. Do you remember what I thought I'd hit you guys with? Is uh, a history of 21st century playoffs by seed. You know, we've had six seeds now in the playoffs. And uh, since the turn of the century, 2000, 
There's been 21 Super Bowls. That's 42 teams have made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, by the way, this is, uh, do you remember, presented by the good folks at the Cardasco Financial Network. Uh, the AFC has won 15, John, of these 21 Super Bowls. How about that? They've been dominant. Well, of course, it goes to New England mainly. Uh, that but, helps. Yeah, of the 42 teams that have played in the Super Bowl, the number one seed, how many, how many of those 42 do you think were number one seeds? Is it half? That's ex- almost exactly half, 22. Uh, the number two seeds were 10. Uh, three seeds were two, four seeds four, and the five and six seeds twice <coughs> made Giants. It. Are, they, are the <laughs> yeah. Giants both of those? It's funny. Uh, the number five and six seeds, four of them made it to the Super Bowl. All four won the game. So uh, if, the, if you're the a The Giants five, were both, because I think yeah, both Giants, of Eli's were both wild cards, yeah, that's right? right. Yeah. And, the, um, and the Packers, when the Packers won it, they were, and, and the Packers were, and the Steelers were. They six were seeds. wild cards. Six seeds, yeah. Oh wow! I didn't remember. Yeah. Oh wow! I forgot. I remember, about the Packers that. came to Philadelphia. They beat the Eagles. Yes. And, wow! Uh, I completely forgot about yeah. that. So, uh, and it's not good to be a number three seed. Uh, the, of the all the number three seeds of the forty-two number three seeds that have made the playoffs in the two thousands, only one has won a Super Bowl. So don't be a three seed. All right. Do you hear me, Kyle? Ooh, I is hear that you. another bad omen for Dallas? It was yeah. only in 2006 that the three-seed won. I think that was Indianapolis uh, was a three-seed. They beat the Chicago Bears, who were a one-seed. Speaking of Olin Krutz. Super Rex Grossman. Was Rex probably the worst quarterback ever to start a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. No. Trent Dilfer. Dilfer's got to be one. I don't know. I'd take Dilfer over Rex. Nick Foles is bad. Nick Foles? Nick Foles is terrible. Man, oh. Man, Jansen <laughs> burning more bridges. I know. He just loves to like, just Nick be Foles negative. Nick Foles is a hero in his team. Nick Foles is great for that game, but it, overall, body of work? Are you telling me body of work? You would you would put, put Rex Grossman it's, in it's very star close. as opposed to Nick Foles? It's close. Oh, man. I think super Rex. Anyway. Rex wasn't great. I will admit Rex wasn't great. <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, a little eagle prediction here for tonight. I have no idea what to say about this. Kyle was closest last week. He had Philly 24-21. to 21. Uh, But uh, tonight's game, I don't even know who's going to win this game. I think both teams are going to quit on it. Uh, Take a knee. Pretty early on. Yeah, basically to prove a point on how much I think this game is going to stink, 6 nothing. <laughs> I will say, I'll say, uh, I'll say Philadelphia 17, Dallas 13. Wow, I can't believe I have the highest score here. <laughs> I got 20 to 17 Eagles. A lot of faith in Gardner Minshew, huh? Look at you. I'll be in bed by halftime. I mean, if you don't if you don't care about the game, why would you even play Minshew? Why wouldn't you just play the uh Who is who's their backup after Who Minshew? is their backup after Minshew? Who is? That's a great question. Rex Grossman. <laughs> right. <laughs> Might as well be. Sexy Rexy? <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me let me see what we got here. Eagles. Who is the Eagles third string quarterback? Is that our trivia question? Is yeah. that the uh pro- I mean, geez, I never asked the trivia question. Is that our, Almighty, am is, I not the worst? Is that our this week in pro football trivia question? Who is it, the Eagles' third string quarterback? Reed Sinet. Reed Sinet. That's right. That's right. They who did they pick him up off the practice squad? I don't That's know. Kyle's fault. He went God, to San Diego. It's your fault that I didn't ask the trivia question. All right. Uh, All right. No, I'll take full responsibility. San Diego? Can't Wait, be my see? fault. Here's the question I was going to ask, which is presented by Kennedy Ford. See if you guys know this one. There's only two quarterbacks in NFL history uh, that have had three straight games in which they threw for 400 yards or more. Only two guys have done it, and they're both still in the league that have thrown 
for 400 more yards three games in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think Burrow did that this year. I think he did it two back to back games. Yeah, he did two the two games. Back, I think yeah. they just won. Yeah. Any idea who you think it was? Wow. There's nine minutes. There's eight minutes. And left. And they're still the active. Yeah. If wow. anybody wants to take a shot at it, please you can tweet me at TWIPF Patrick Mahomes at Fox PHL Gambler. It is not Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Matthew Stafford. No. One is a bona fide starter. The other one's a goof. <laughs> Ryan right. Fitzpatrick. I'm not saying. If somebody wants to tweet it, it definitely at, is at Ryan Fox Fitzpatrick. One of them is Ryan Fitzpatrick. At that, and that's the goof. <laughs> <laughs> We've identified the goof. See if you can name me the other starter, bona fide NFL starter, who has two, three consecutive 400-yard passing games, and I'll send you a this Jack Prescott. Shirt. I'm not saying. We stop oh it. You have every quarterback in the league here. It's Big Ben. <laughs> All right, Big Ben, yeah. All right, here we go with the dreaded pick segment presented by UGI. Jansen, uh, who faked an illness last week, was 3-0. and uh, I was also 3-0. and I'm half game behind Jansen. What a race this is. None of make your way back. Way Just back. keep me above 500. That's all I want. We still got a few weeks to go, though. We have to. We're going to pick right through the end of the show. It still has two more weeks to go. So. Oh, so I, this is not for the crown no, this then? Is not for the crown, John. Uh, for the regular no, season title. Oh, yeah, you I can guess, have the regular yeah. season title. I'll get you half a cheesesteak here at the. Uh, just a half. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, no, just uh, so even a half of one. Of who goes great. first, Jansen? I guess you go first. I can go first. Uh, I am taking the Atlanta Falcons against the New Orleans Saints, and this line's kind of telling that because they were a four and a half point dog. Now it's three and a half. I'll still even take the three and a half. I think Atlanta actually wins outright, spoils the Saints' chances. The Saints have been terrible on offense, and especially on the road in a rivalry game. I think the Falcons win that one. Right. I'm also taking the Seahawks getting six against the Cardinals. I think Russell Wilson looks healthy. This may be his last game in Seattle, or last game as a Seattle Seahawk. And they play Arizona very well. You know, I think these two teams are going to uh, be in a close matchup. Six points, a little bit too much. And also give me the Raiders. Too much respect for a Chargers team that just hasn't been that good. So I will get and take the three points on the home team for the Raiders. All right, I like them all. I like every one of them, actually. Uh, I did pick one of them. I, too, like Seattle plus six against Arizona. I I think the same thing, John. I don't like the fact, though, that Bobby Wagner's not playing. That's a big loss for Seattle. But I, I do think Russell Wilson's going to go out with a bang. I think uh, Metcalf is on a little bit of a roll here. So, And God forbid I picked up uh, Rashad Penny. I hope he has a big day tomorrow for Seattle. So, I think Seattle's a good chance to win this game outright, too. Who could be impressed with the way Arizona's playing? I know they won last week, but as John pointed out, in second half, they didn't do anything. So uh, I like Seattle here. I like Indy minus 15.5. Big number against Jacksonville, but I think they're going to blow by this in, the, in midway through the first quarter. Jacksonville is a literal clown show, according to their fans, and Indy has everything to play for to get into the playoffs. I think Indy lays a a near 50-burger on uh, Jacksonville tomorrow. 50-burger. So that means about four or five touchdowns for Jonathan Taylor. I got to sweat this out. I got to sweat it out. So, and then uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. I I know it's a gutsy pick. I know Kyle's going against me here. But as a long, long long-time Ram fan, this is it. You have got to punch this team in the face. They've beaten you five straight times, uh, and they've embarrassed you. It's time to stand up and beat the hell out of the 49ers. I think the Rams are going to do it. Tomorrow, Kyle Nunnamaker. All right, so I am going to take Big Ben's final game in the league, and I'm gonna. I think the team's gonna rally behind him, and I'll take the three and a half over the Tyler Huntley-led Baltimore Ravens. 
Um, not a bad backup, that guy. No, nah, he's not bad at all. He's better uh, than Ben Roethlisberger right now. Yeah, well, I'll take oh, Najee God. Harris you're over Baltimore's this. running game. You're going to go under 500. What are you doing, man? Uh, well, next. I'm going to take, uh, with Pat, Indianapolis minus 15.5 over Jacksonville. Jacksonville is just a dumpster fire. I agree. I see another 50-burger uh, against Jacksonville's defense here. And then, yeah, like Pat said, I'm going to take San Francisco plus five over the Rams. I think the more desperate team comes out on top here. I think San Francisco can win the game outright. Uh, did he add a half point to me? Is that what Kyle's doing now? Is it five now instead of four and a half? It's five. Uh, it is four and a half. Four and a half. So it you is? Kyle, you get four and a half. Four and a half, Kyle. Oh, then I can't I, believe you. Then I switch. Now he's trying to cheat. He's losing, and now he's trying to cheat. Yeah, I, sw- I switched my pick. Uh, that just changed. Beginning of the show was five, all right? I'll still take the four and a half. <laughs> That's right. It's it's yeah. It's in a dead zone anyway. So yeah. I don't care. I'm out of it. I just tried to pick, I just tried to take meaningful games. You know. Good for you. It's all I have going for me. Well, your picks are less than meaningful, so I'm That's glad. That's all I have planned for. Me. I don't know, guys. I, if I was a coach, I would play my guys. I would. I, I I would not. I have no problem for playing him for maybe like a quarter or a half. Yeah, I'd play him almost the whole damn game. Look at Tom Coughlin, that memorable game when the Giants were playing the Patriots. And he just wanted. He just and they were. They, you know, and they knew they were in. They were already in the playoffs, and they played the Patriots. T- you know, punch for punch, and, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And many players credited that decision with uh, how to do it. I think it 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 completely interrupts your momentum. As a player and as an organization, when you sit guys down, look at Green Bay. They get a week off next week. They're going to rest a bunch of guys. That's two full weeks off. Yeah, and there's no perfect answer, I would say, to any of this. But I think certain situations, like that Giants game, I think you're right. That actually, in that context, I think did work out. I think that was something that they should have done. But for Green Bay, I understand... You know, maybe they need to get some type of momentum, keep you know, keep them from playing because they're going to have a week off. But also, why would you end up putting Aaron Rodgers out there when apparently he already has an injury? So why no, why risk no, it? Aaron good. Jones has been having injury problems. No, like no. why why try and risk that? So I, agree. I do think certain yeah, situations I, I call that. for different. I do, but I, I would still play my guys. I, I, I like the Eagles. Do. They are it, some of these guys are injured. There's some on the COVID list, so they're already kind of thin. So I don't know. I. I don't think it's a great idea to put all of your starters out there and I mean, run the so, risk so, of getting I mean, more. Are you going to rush Jalen Rager? I mean, I, 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 no. I mean, you're not going to do that. <laughs> no, but like Landon, Landon Dickerson, I think, has an injury. Why not rest him? Lane Johnson, I think, has an injury. Why not rest him as well? Oh, he got the, like, COVID, the COVID outbreak, too. I mean, that, that's a reason yeah, in itself right. to yeah. rest people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be an ugly game tonight because I think Dallas is going to do the same thing. I, I don't believe for a minute they're – because they're kind of locked into that four seed. I don't think they got a. I don't think they have a lot of wiggle room to make it back to the two seed. And if you're going to be four or three, there's really marginal difference there. So, I think it's a preseason game tonight, men, and uh, we'll be ready next week. We got all kinds of playoff football to talk about next week. There'll be triple headers. I think both days, right? So I uh, can't wait. Yeah, it's going yeah. to be some great football. It's good football. We look forward to talking about that, John. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, see you guys. Uh, we'll see John Jansen again. Yeah, the first week. playoff edition of this week of pro football for the season is going to be up next week. By the way, Same it, time. Was, it was Dak Prescott was the other guy. Yes. So there you go. Yes. He did it before he got injured last season, didn't he? I guess it was last year. Yeah. That is, that is it for us at this week of pro football. We'll be back next week, Saturday, 9 a.m. same time, and we're going to be getting you ready for playoff action. That's going to be right here Saturday morning, 9 a.m. on The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.